Welcome to Stand Out with Natalia Brzezinski. I'm Natalia, and today I am recording live from Boston from the John F. Kennedy Memorial Library from MSNBC's Know Your Value event, hosted by my sister-in-law, Mika Brzezinski. With Dr. Tanya Benenson. Tanya Benenson is the Chief Medical Officer and Vice President strategic health initiatives of Comcast and NBC Universal. I'm actually really proud and excited that Comcast has this kind of role. Can you tell me a little bit about why wellness and health is important, especially for women in the workplace? Well, fortunately, Comcast and NBC Universal have recognized that if you're not healthy, you're not bringing your best self to work. And if you're not bringing your best self to work, you're going to bring that home and it's just going to be a vicious cycle. And so we actually want our employees to be happy, healthy, both at home and at the workplace um, because that's it's going to translate in both places. And that's very important to us. Is it an uphill battle for you? And I say this with the preface that we were just discussing. I, we lived, I lived with my family in Sweden, the Nordic region, and I think Europe in general is more serious about literally the balance part of work-life balance, that you need to get rest to be creative and be productive. And it's everything from measuring your desk to where you sit with your computer to make sure you don't have neck problems to taking. I think they'd have like about a week or so every month or two that are kind of nationalized holidays and taking those holidays. Well, in the U.S., we have a bit of the... And maybe I'm from extreme environments, but whether it's the U.S. Senate or the media world or my husband is now at the White House where... You know, the last one to leave is mm. seen as a badge of honor. Yep, yep. Leaving early, but in Europe, if you don't, if you're sticking at one to seven or eight p.m., you're kind of seen as someone that doesn't have a life. Wow. You know, so it's really yeah. the opposite. Do you, do you feel that you're given legitimacy? Do you think that you're? business leaders, or you don't have to talk about Comcast specifically, but do you think as Americans we're recognizing this yet? I think we're on the cusp of recognizing the impact of our work culture. It's crazy. There's no question. And even within my business, there are differences between parts of the country. So New York is different than LA, which is different than Orlando, which is, you know, all Philadelphia. Um, some get in early, leave early. Some get in early, leave late. You know, um, New York City is a crazy place. Um, seven o'clock, everybody is still working and it's normal. And when you have that normal, it makes you afraid to go outside of that normal that you'll be looked at you know, like you're not doing your job. But, you know, for our business, and I've seen it at other businesses, you know, places like Google who are really um, embracing health, um, I'm seeing a culture shift where it's okay. If you're getting your work done, you don't have to be there all the time, right? If you're efficient and you're getting your job done and you're healthy, you can do a lot of work in a short amount of time. But I agree with you that um, it, there needs to be more of a culture shift, and that has to start at the top somewhere. Um, our leaders need to recognize they're going to get more out of their employees if they're getting more sleep, if they're exercising, if they're spending time with their families because they're going to be more resilient. They're going to be able to handle things. They're going to be more flexible and adapt better in the workplace if on the outside of work, they're taking care of themselves. And so I don't think we're quite there yet, but hopefully the more we talk about it, the more we can make that cultural shift because I think we'll all benefit. How do you tailor this message, especially to women? And I mean, I even see with myself, I was a competitive ice skater as a child. I've been an athlete. I've always, you know, I'm really into yoga and meditation, but even for myself, the past month, I've been traveling London, Europe, I've been working. Any extra moment I have, this weekend I said, I really need yoga. But I gave it up 
to be at soccer practice with my mm-hmm, six-year-old mm-hmm. daughter. Exercise is the first thing. I think sleep and exercise are the first things women give up. You know, it's I'm true. Up at five You're right. To work before my daughter gets up yep. at seven. How how can we shift that paradigm? What do you tell women? Well, I think you know, being a mom, just a parent in general, is tough. And I think at that point, those first couple years, maybe just let it go. <laughs> Don't try to be perfect and don't try to be the person you were before you had a child. Um, It's impossible. There are a finite amount of hours in a day. And if you're going to work on top of it, you have to make choices. And so it's the little things you do on a day-to-day basis that can add up to better health. So, okay, so you're not going to have an hour to go to the gym or do that 90-minute amazing yoga that you know you need and would make you feel good. You don't have those 90 minutes because you want to see your child. That relationship building is also healthy. You know, it's also going to contribute. So what do you do instead? Go for a 10-minute walk twice a day, three times a day. Get it in where you can. Take the stairs where you can. Take those little tiny moments. And one day you're going to wake up and your kid's not going to want to hang out with you. And they're going to be at some practice, you know, that, that they don't want you at or some friend's house. And you'll be able to get back to your routine. I think trying to maintain what you were doing before you know, with a kid under five, it's just impossible. And, and just to let it go. Um, if you do that, you're going to sacrifice time with your child that you can never get back. So I think accepting your situation where you are at that moment and not trying to control it and have it be like it was is something we just need to accept. Now, if they're 20 and they're out of the house and they're in college and you still aren't exercising and you're still not taking care of yourself and you're still not sleeping, then that's a wake-up call where you do need to shift and get back to taking care of yourself because we have to take care of ourselves too. How do you balance and prioritize your life? You're obviously very successful. You're in a leadership role. How, what was your path to that? You know, can you, and this is the point of Know Your Value of my podcast. I get a lot of women just saying, can you ask them, did they take maternity leave? Yep. How, did they offer ramp and on ramp? You know, did they have a sponsor? What is it? Yeah, so fine. I did not, I didn't have a plan. I had no plan. I, um... I attribute a lot of who I am today in this corporate role, which I never thought I would ever be in, to actually sports and music. It's not how well I did in school. Um, It's not AP calculus and that type of stuff. It was being part of a sports, being part of a team. I was in an orchestra. You had to learn how to be together. I learned how to perform, uh, flex flex and adapt to the situation, work with others. Uh, It's incredible how much that has impacted me today. And the mental toughness I got through sports has been the number one thing that has gotten me to where I am today. I always knew I wanted to be a doctor, so I had that advantage. I, I loved it. I wanted to do it. I had no idea I would end up in a corporate position. I had friends going into business. I didn't know what a VP was, an EVP, a manager. I didn't know any of that stuff, and I I didn't even want to know. Um, But the way I got to where I am today is I always worked hard. I kept my eyes open, and I didn't turn down opportunities. If there was something over to the right that looked hard, and it's something I hadn't done before, I did it. And you always learn something out of it, and you, you grow from those experiences. So I really opened up the possibility of failure. Maybe I can't do it, but let's try. So I wasn't afraid to try something new. And, um, you know, I have to fully admit to you that I was a little bit of a workaholic because I actually love working so much. And, but it wasn't wasted um, because every time you do a really good job somewhere, you pour your heart into it. It's going to open a door somewhere. You don't know what that door is going to be, and you don't know when it's going to happen. So, um, you know, the culture right now, you hear a lot about millennials needing instant feedback and and, um, promotions right away. That's not going to happen. I never got that. I never got a pat on the back. Um, And if you don't need it, 
you actually can get farther, I think, because you're doing it for yourself. You know, I did this really hard project. Maybe no one will ever see it, but I feel really good about it and I learned something. Guess what? Those things ended up opening up amazing doors that you didn't know were going to happen. So, you know, when people ask me for advice, I say, do something you love. Do something you're passionate about and work really hard at it and enjoy it. If you're doing something, if you're going for the end point and you don't like the journey to get there, I don't think you're going to be as good at it. It's so interesting you say that because I was really competitive in sports and a lot of women... Uh, Mika was a runner. A lot of women CEOs I meet are former kind of either almost Olympic or professional competitive athletes. And I say this because we're here at an event talking about know your value, stand out. I mean, this is another way of saying, you know, there's something about women, not all women and not to overgeneralize, but we are not trained to stand out. I mean, I think because I was forced at age four to be on an ice rink with a spotlight on me alone, not a team sport, mm-hmm. but something that was on my shoulders that I think at a young age, I learned that I can stand out on my own. Yeah. And if you fall while you're ice skating, I you're going to, you're going to learn <laughs> what you did and you're going to get up and you're going to do it again and you're going to improve yourself and you're not going to dwell on it. If you had dwelled on those mistakes, you would have never ended up ice skating, exactly. right? You would have just quit right then. Exactly. So there's, that's the, the big point right there. Learn, learn from your mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. Have you always stood out though? I ask all my interviews, how do you stand out with you? It's quite, quite obvious, but the, the question is really twofold. Do you feel comfortable standing out? Do you think women need to be able to be more comfortable standing out and owning their success? I'm saying, yeah, I'm good at this, or that was my idea. You know, we feel so uncomfortable saying that. We're actually taught, I mean, I've interviewed a few other women and they say, I'm successful because I always give the credit to the team. Mm -hmm. Is it okay to be ambitious and, and own it as a woman yet? Are we there yet? It's funny that you even asked me how I stand out because you said it's obvious. I actually don't even know how I stand out. I really don't. And that's the whole know your value piece. So even people who, I guess, perceive like, that I'm successful, I don't even perceive it that way because um, I always just kind of do my best and I never had my eye on that prize. So to me, it's just this is where I am because this is where I need to be. Um, so you know, looks like I could use probably a little coaching on know your value, right? And, and standing out. Cause I really don't, I, I, you asked me that and I, I actually don't know how I stand out. I know that, um, I'm a clear communicator. I'm direct. Um, I don't have, I don't have like a side agenda. So you know what you're getting when you're with me. Um, that could rub people the wrong way, I guess, if you don't flower everything and make everything pretty. Um, but I think why the way it's helped me is in a man's world, I'm able to communicate with men because I have that direct style. I can also soften it with women. So I'm able to adapt to the people who I'm with instead of having just one way of doing things. Um, Because there's no question, men operate differently. And so you don't need to become a man, but you need to be able to interpret what they're saying and what it means and not have emotional reaction to it, not take things personally. Make it objective and synthesize the information so you have a clear plan. So that is, you know, maybe not the answer you were looking for, for how I stand out. But um, I, I think, you know, when I think, look back, I'm like, how did I get here? This is crazy. I, mean, I, I just want to be a doctor. Like I had no, and then just kind of things started happening and doors started opening. And, and here I am today, which is crazy. Um, but you went with them. I went so with it. Many, how many yeah. times? I took some risks. Story 
of, you know, Ginny Rometty has said this at IBM. I mean, you get offered, Teresa, I want you to be the CEO of X or be on this board. I don't have the time for that. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I can go talk to my husband. Yeah. I mean, men always say yes. And so, oh, yeah, I don't say. I say no a lot. I say no. I say yes to things I think, all right, that's a valuable commitment. It's not going to take away from, from my daughter. And I think I can help them. I don't do things just for the prize of it. Um, I want to make a difference. I want to be impactful. I don't just want to add it to my resume. I just don't work that way. Um, and what ends up being is then when I am involved in something, I'm passionate about it and I'm going to do a good job because I did it for the right reasons. And I think those are the decisions I've made along the way. 